Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Three portions of Scripture. The first one's found in Proverbs chapter 4. Second one is Isaiah chapter 10. And the third one is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 4, Isaiah chapter 10, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And of course, we are familiar with these scriptures. Nevertheless, God's Word is always fresh. It's always good. The title of our message is Healing by Faith. Shall we pray? Father, we give thanks to you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. As an act of our will, we give ourselves unto his ministry that we may be taught, that we may receive revelation, knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability of all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth of your word and demonstration of the Spirit and the power that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Thank you for receptive hearts, attentive ears, and open minds as we now set ourselves to receive from that which you have for us this night in Jesus' name. Amen. Very simply, the first scripture says my, in verse 20 through 22, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they, my words, are life unto those that find them in health, unto all their flesh. The second scripture in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And in the third scripture found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, talking about the manifestations of the Spirit, beginning at verse 8, we read, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing or healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work at that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. I want you to notice that these three scriptures represent three ways that people receive healing from God. Three ways that people receive healing from God. I cannot emphasize the importance of taking notes or making sure you at least make mental notes of these things because these are the truths that make us free. And if we want to be free and maintain freedom from sickness and freedom from disease in a permanent way within our lives, these are the things that have to become a reality within our hearts. First, and foremost, we see that there is the way of the Word. There is the way of the Word. He said, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they, my words, are life unto those that find them, and health unto all their flesh. So we'll say the first way and the primary way that we will be helped to maintain healing within our physical bodies and health is by acting on the Word of God for ourselves with personal faith. Acting on the Word of God by ourselves with personal faith. Personal faith in the Word is the number one way we receive healing from God. Then the second scripture says that by the anointing, the yoke is broken. By the anointing. The yoke shall be broken because of the anointing. In other words, the anointing can break the yoke of sickness and disease. So here we see another way that we can obtain healing from God. By the anointing, 
the yoke of sickness is broken. Thirdly, we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that one of the manifestations of the Spirit of God includes the gifts of healings, plural. And so we can say the third way that we can receive healing from God is by the gifts of the Spirit or by the manifestations of the Spirit of God. Now, study reveals or shows to us that 12 of the 19 cases of personal testimonies when it comes to individual healing, 12 of the 19 cases received healing by means of personal faith, individual faith, personal faith. And when you think about that, if we just would follow Jesus, if we would do things the same way that Jesus did things, then it would stand to reason that we will be getting people healed the same way Jesus did. In other words, we'd be getting more people healed through personal faith in God's Word than any other method, means, or way that people can be healed. Make a mental note of that. Put that inside your heart. Because very often we stumble and fall when it comes to healing because we fail to gain insight into these truths from God's Holy Word. The primary way that you will help someone get healed or the primary way that we will receive healing for ourselves is through personal faith in God's holy word. Now, what I'd like to do is just to share some things that will help all of us, whether we are attempting to receive healing for ourselves or whether we are attempting to help somebody else get healed. And we'll talk about a, a few things concerning both, whether we are wanting to receive healing for ourselves or whether we are wanting to, re, wanting to help somebody else to be healed. But I believe that if we'll just be enlightened and have this insight, that we will become more effective in assisting and helping people receive healing and also more accurate in appropriating our faith to receive healing for ourselves. Let's make note of this first. If we are ministering healing to somebody else, or if we are trying to help somebody else to receive healing for themselves, then the first thing that we need to be involved in doing is to preach the Word of God to them or to minister to them the program of God's Word by revealing to them or sharing with them what God's Word says on the subject of divine healing. It's obvious that if we are going to get more people healed that way, then we must put that first and foremost. We must teach people what the Word of God says about the subject of healing because that is the primary way that people are helped physically. We have to assist them or aid them in gaining insight into the operation of God's Word in their lives and all that it entails. So it's important that we make them students of the Word. Jesus said, go ye in all the world and preach the gospel. But he also said to teach them and make disciples of all nations. In other words, make them disciplined students of the Word. We have to have them to understand that if they want to receive healing from God, they must become a student of divine healing. And they must put the Word that provides health and medicine to all our flesh first and foremost in their lives. That is the first, first method or the first way we approach it. We teach them the Word and what it says. Secondly, if we are going to be involved in helping somebody else receive their healing, we must teach people what the anointing can do for them. We must teach them about the anointing and help them understand how to cooperate with the anointing of God so that they can use their faith to activate the anointing of God's spirit, God's healing anointing, and drive out the sickness or the disease. If they don't understand how to cooperate with the anointing 
See, the Bible says by the anointing, the yoke is broken. And if they can't cooperate with it, it's not just because the healing anointing is present that people will be healed or be set free. It's because they understand how to cooperate with that anointing. If they mix faith with the anointing. See, they can just act upon the Word of God. That's first and foremost by itself, and they can receive results. But also, there is this other way. They can understand how to act in harmony with the anointing of God's Spirit, to appropriate faith with the anointing, to cooperate with the anointing of God's Spirit and the healing anointing, and then they will also receive their need met. But you see, if they don't understand the anointing or how it works, then they're going to be at a place of disadvantage because they're not going to know one way that God delivers people from sickness and disease. And, you know, there are many avenues of activity when it comes to cooperating with the anointing, just as there are many avenues of activity when it comes to operate or cooperating with the Word of God. For an example, I mean, he can tell Naaman to dip in the water seven times and he can come up and be healed. He cooperated with the Word of God. That was the Word of the Lord. I don't know if there's anything, you know, any anointing upon that. I mean, I don't know if he came up out of the water with the anointing upon his life. But I do know this. He acted upon the word of the Lord and he came up no longer a leper. But you see, he told the other man to go to the pool of Siloam and wash. This is acting upon the word of God, but not doing the same thing that the other fellow did. So you see, we have to cooperate with the word of God. And there are many different avenues of activity when it comes to acting in line with the word of God. We can't do what someone else did and expect to get the same result if we're basing our faith just on what they did, see. So there are many avenues of activity when it comes to cooperating with the anointing of God's Spirit also. See? And it's important that we understand that. We can increase the anointing of God's Spirit upon our lives and the healing anointing within our lives if we understand how to cooperate with it and how to move and flow with it. But the third thing is to have people to understand, we need to teach them to help them to understand that Healing can also be obtained through the manifestations of the Spirit of God. So we have to teach them about the gifts of healings and show them what the Word of God says about the gifts of healings so that they can understand about the gifts of healing and then place themselves in a position whereby they can receive their help, their assistance, their aid, their healing through the gifts of healings or through the divine manifestations of the Spirit. So it's important we understand that we must teach people about the manifestations of the Spirit and also explain to them the advantage of being where the Spirit of God is moving. Just like here this evening. See, the anointing of God is upon us. And it's important that we create that atmosphere. I know some people sometimes don't like when you begin to flow with the Spirit of God that way. And, and very often, you know, many think, well, we're crossing over to the line of emotionalism. Well, let me say it this way. Beloved, when we are moved by the Spirit of God, when we are genuinely moved by the Spirit of the living God, then your emotions can get involved in certain things. When Paul and Silas prayed at midnight and sang praises unto God, they did so with a loud voice. When the act, in the Acts of the Apostles, when, when the Apostles got before uh, one another and began to lift their voice to God with one accord, a loud voice, making one sound, one voice of praise and worship unto God, and began to say, Lord, your God, you made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that are in the midst. And by the time they got done praying that prayer, the Bible says that the place was shaken where they were assembled together. I'm sure, you know, they could have been considered to be maybe a little bit fanatical or whatever, emotional. But, beloved, their emotions were moved by the genuine flow of God's Spirit. Now, there's a difference. If we're just being emotional and there's, God's not in it and there's no Spirit of God moving in it, then it's, it's to no avail. It's just all flesh. But when the Spirit of God is moving upon you in such a way that, my goodness, you can't even stand still. You have to shout. You ever been there? Come on, you ever been there where you had to shout? You just had to shout. You got so full, you got so filled, you had to shout. I've been there. I've, I've done it, you know, sometimes unconsciously in places I shouldn't have done it, and I, I felt embarrassed about it, you know. I remember walking into, you know, that place with the golden arches. You know that place? <laughs> and I was in deep thought. I'm talking about deep thought meditation. I mean, 
I'm just telling you, I, I didn't do this to be emotional, and I didn't do this to just, to just to look at who I am. I just happen to be in deep thought. You know, I don't know what you do when you drive, but I, some, you know, I pray in tongues, and, and I think about the things of God. And I was doing that, and I was thinking about the things of God and meditating upon some things. And as I was meditating upon some things, you know, I, I'm just doing... You ever drive a car, didn't, you wonder how you got there? Have you ever done that? I'm not the only one then, right? You, and how did I get here? Well, I was just so, so deep in thought and meditation and worshiping and blessing God and, 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 you know, thinking some of these things through that I didn't realize, you know, what I was doing or where I was at. And I just, I pulled the car and parked it, you know, got up and walked. And I just began to walk in. And as I began to walk and I said, yeah, hallelujah, yeah, that's it. And I just began to shout just like that. And then I realized, oh, dear Lord, where am I? And people just look at you like, and I didn't realize it. I mean, I didn't do that, like I said, to be funny or whatever, and I, I wasn't moved by my emotions, but something just triggered on the inside. Now, one time, you know, in the house in Midland, I had my little office, my office up in the attic, way up on top, and I would, I would be up there, and I would, you know, study and, uh, and pray, and just more or less isolate yourself, get a little cubbyhole up there, and, and, you know, I just, and I had this, someone had given me a, a poster with all the names of the Lord Jesus, you know, the Son of Righteousness and all that. And that, that, that just, just, you know, just kind of rose up on the inside, the son of righteousness with healing in his wings and, and, and all that. And, you know, and I just began to meditate on the fact that Jesus has become my righteousness, sanctification, redemption. And, you know, and wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and, and redemption. And on the inside of my spirit, I just began to say, Jesus, you are my wisdom. That means you are my comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of the Father. You are my ability to use knowledge. And the perception of knowledge to, to uh, of course, to, to, to fulfill the plan, purpose, and the will of God. And then I said, you are my, also my, re, my sanctification and my redemption and my righteousness. You are my righteousness, my standing before the Father's presence. I can stand before the Father's presence with, without guilt or sin consciousness or condemnation, with joy in my heart. Praise God. Without any inferiority complex, I can stand before the Father's presence. And, and I would just go on and I would say, and also, you are my sanctification, my separation from the lust of the eyes, flesh, and the pride of life. And I just, on the inside, see, I'm doing this on the inside of me. I'm just meditating this, you know, meditating, you know. And then all of a sudden, the last one, I, someone had called me to come down and I just started walking down. And the last one I got, and you are my redemption. That means you are my total deliverance out of the control and the authority of the devil himself. And I got to that last step and I said, yeah, and that's what it is. And I shouted and just took a, just took a leap. Just, you know, when yourself, you can, by yourself, you know, you get a little bit more liberty. But I, I just took a leap. Something on the inside, it rose up so big on the inside of my spirit that it was just like the light of God just, just went off inside my spirit, man. And I rose up with joy inside my heart that I just had to let it escape my lips. Just couldn't hold it in any longer. Oh, I believe that God wants us filled with all His fullness. To such a degree that it overflows us. It flows out from us, praise God. In what? In words and expressions of joy and rejoicing and praise and adoration. And in healing power flowing out from us and all that. We should be so full of God. That everywhere we go there's an outflow of God. Amen. Bringing help and healing and, and deliverance to a hurting people. Amen. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that's the way God wants us to be. Well, this year, you, you see this year, other, we, we, should be, we should understand that there is an advantage to getting or to being in a place where the Spirit of God is moving, where God is moving by His Spirit in such a way that He can draw from, from His Spirit as He moves within us and that which we have put within us through study, personal study and prayer, and, and then flow, you see, in such a way that by the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit, He can bring deliverance by that method or by that means. And very often, beloved, you'll find out that, that uh, those who you begin to take the Word to, those who you begin to teach the Word to, if they don't understand anything about the anointing, then they're just going to just look to the Word of God and they're not even going to put themselves in a position that the anointing can help them to get healed. And those who don't understand how the Spirit of God moves in, in, in different manifestations and gifts of healing, then they're not going to put themselves in a position where they can be helped. See, it is to our advantage to be where the Spirit of God is moving because that puts us in the position where God can use other means or methods to bring deliverance to us. And that's why it is so important that we avail ourselves to all that He has provided for us and learn the different ways. 
Now, we need to make note of this, though. The primary method or the primary way that we should be actively involved in in all of our lives, whether it's, it's trying to get somebody else helped or healed, or whether it's getting ourselves healed, is through personal study of God's holy word. That is first, that is foremost, that's exactly what we should be involved in, is the personal study of God's holy word in our lives. We should be studying out what the Word of God says, keeping our spirit man filled with what the Word of God says concerning the, the subject of divine healing. Now, when it comes to ourselves as individuals and receiving for ourselves, it is important then, take it away from, from the others, let's get over here to ourselves now. We're not helping somebody else, we're helping ourselves. We should have this attitude. I need to be taught how to cooperate with the Word of God so that I know how God's Word becomes health, or the first book becomes life to my spirit and health unto all my flesh. I should want to know how the operation of the kingdom of God works inside my life, inside my heart. I, you should not just concerned about receiving my healing. I should be concerned about knowing the Word, about applying the Word in my life that makes me free from sickness and disease because... Jesus clearly said, We shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free, and sanctify by the word. Thy word is truth. So God's holy word is the truth that we need that's going to make us free from sickness and from disease. And so then we have got to understand that it's our responsibility to get into the word of God to understand the operation of faith in God's word so that we know how to cooperate with him in this primary way that he causes us to be healthy and to be whole. So you see, if that's the first and foremost, then that should be of primary importance in all of our lives. Now, secondly, as individuals, now this is speaking for ourselves, it would be to our advantage to understand how to cooperate with the anointing of God's Spirit for ourselves. See, the healing anointing. There is the tangible anointing of God's healing power that is even different from the manifestations of the Spirit of God, the gifts of healings. Do, do we see that? It's important to understand that there is the tangible anointing, healing power of God. All believers can lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And the reason why I said to lay hands upon the sick is because there is an outflow of tangible healing power. And once that healing power flows out of a person's hand into a person's body, then that anointing, if faith is mixed with it, will make it that much easier for the person who needs healing, to receive healing. And it's important we understand that. You see, that's why we need to know what God's Word says, not only about the healing Word itself, but also about this other method, by the anointing. We can't just come up and have hands laid upon us and, and the power of God comes upon us, and we don't know what to do with it. Because, you see, if we don't know what to do with it, although it was applied to our lives, although it began to flow into our lives, if we don't know how to keep the switch of faith turned on, even though that power was generated and, I mean, inactivated and flowing to, you know, to transform us and, and to bring healing to our bodies or whatever the case is, if we don't know how to cooperate with it by faith, by mixing our faith with it, then it will diminish. Just like electrical current. If you turn the switch off, it's not going to work. And the same thing is true here. So you see, that's why we have our monthly healing service on Sunday night. Now, of course, we know the anointing of God is here, but we prepare specifically for that service so that there is a greater anointing, the tangible anointing of God's healing power flowing to make it that much easier for people to mix faith with it so that they can be delivered and set free. But then again, there is also the advantage to being in a place where the Spirit of God is moving for ourselves because we don't want to limit God. Absolutely not. Now, although we don't live by this other method, but we still can be in a position, God is God. And if He wants me to receive my healing through a gift and a manifestation of the Spirit, then praise God, I'm, I'm all right with that. I'm satisfied with that. Are you? I don't know about you. I just don't like being sick. Do you like being sick? I don't see any fun in it whatsoever at all. See, and very often what people will do if they're not taught along these lines, they'll just stay away and expect, well, I just, you know, study here or just go out there on my own. And what they're doing is they're cutting themselves off from these other methods or these other ways that God can bring deliverance and help to them in their lives. 
Because, you see, it might take them a while to get insight into the operation of God's Word for healing and health in their lives. And in the process, if they would just come and listen to what's being said, understand the operation of the anointing and also about the spiritual operations of the gifts of the Spirit manifestations of healing, well, then, you see, God could make it easier for them in, you know, in these other ways for them to get their deliverance, especially when they're, they're babes in Christ. Especially when they're babes in Christ. See? So it's important we understand, beloved, that, that whether it's helping somebody else, whether it's doing it for ourselves, these are the ways. Now, there are, like I said, there are many and varied applications of it. Different avenues of activity. One will do this and one will do that. One will do this and one will do that. How would you like to have to, to come to the altar and you come up there and say, well, I need to have healing over here and the Lord tells me to spit on you. Well, that's something to think about. But this fellow, that's, that's what he did. I don't know if there's anything called a ministry of spitting, but that man did a lot of spitting. But he got a lot of people healed. Now, I wouldn't want to do that in the flesh. That's one good way to find out whether he's emotional or not. Because I guarantee you that if he spit on somebody and that fellow didn't get healed, that fellow, he might get a black eye. You know. Especially if the fellow wasn't walking in love. <laughs> but do you see, there are varied and different ways, avenues of activity when it comes to cooperating either with the Word of God, the anointing of God's Spirit, and the manifestations of the Spirit. There are many different ways, and we see that throughout the Bible. We see one leper being healed because Jesus laid his hand upon him through the laying on of hands, compassion flowed out, you know, from Jesus and healed that man. The man was delivered from leprosy. But we see the others, ten of them, they didn't get healed that way. They got healed from leprosy, but not that way. Jesus spoke to them and said, now go your way and show yourself. And they went ahead and did what he said to do, and they went and got healed. Now, they both got delivered. They both got set free. So there are different avenues of application. That's why it is of utmost importance that we give attention to what these three ways are saying to us. And put ourselves in a position, you know, so that we can learn and understand how to cooperate with these different ways. But the primary way is to, is to continue in the Word of God. Continue. Jesus said, continue in my Word. Continue my word. My disciples need the truth. The truth will make you free. That is the primary way. We make that the primary way, but we do not ignore the other ways. We'll teach the word. We'll constantly teach the word of God, but we'll also continue to provide the anointing of God's spirit and also be in a position where the spirit of God can move and manifest himself in the gifts of healings so that the body may profit with all. The entire body, the whole body may profit with all. You know, and... and uh, like I said, that way it's easier for all of us, whether it's for ourselves or somebody else. Now, what I wanted to do is to begin tonight by having us turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And we, this is just like an introduction to all this. This is the direction that I have to my spirit. And before I even say this in Romans 1, 16, I think I need to say, to say this once again about these other two methods, the anointing and also the gifts of the Spirit. We should, as individuals, make it our business to understand how the anointing works. And we, as individuals, should make it our business to put ourselves in a place where the manifestations of the Spirit are. See, we should make it our business to do that. That is our responsibility. We, should, we can't do that for somebody else. We can't be the ones to, to live somebody else's life or to make them do what we do. It, 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 as badly as we want them to be healed or, or to receive deliverance for themselves, as much as we want them to be set free, we can't be the ones to bodily pick them up and bring them into an environment or to a place where they're going to hear the Word of God taught, where they're going to understand the anointing of God's Spirit, and where they're going to also uh, understand how to, to, to allow the, the manifestations of the Spirit bring deliverance to them. See, we can't do that for them. And very often when it comes to the ministry of faith, and especially along the lines of healing and health, there are those who are, who are out there who are you know, desperately sick and they need desperate help. And in many cases they're going to die, and we've seen so many of them die, but you see, some sickness came upon them when they were 
maybe either not saved or maybe just, just gotten saved or didn't have any understanding of it, could have been saved a long time but didn't have any understanding of it, and were to take them the Word of God and begin to preach and teach them about the things of God, about the healing ministry, about the Word for healing and of healing, and to get them involved in the healing ministry, you know, and before you can get a little bit of the Word of God into it, many times, you know, they'll just pass on over to the other side, be with the Lord. And many will walk away from that and say, well, see, the Word doesn't work, or that method doesn't work, or, or faith doesn't work. These faith people are crazy. But, beloved, we have got to have understanding of what we believe. I can tell you many times when some things were not going to happen, because it wasn't really faith. As a matter of fact, there are many times I just not said anything, because... You just, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. We have to distinguish between faith, foolishness, and presumption. We need to know what is not faith. So we have to understand these things. We should have a good understanding of what we believe. Do you know that? And that has given faith a bad name that many who supposedly were walking in faith didn't understand faith. And because they didn't understand faith, they gave faith a bad name because they did all kinds of things that really faith does not do. And see, we want to get away from that. I believe this is a year that love is going to prevail in the lives and the hearts of people and there's going to come a revelation. You know, when you walk in love, you open up the door to revelation. And there's going to come a revelation of faith that people will begin to accurately walk in the realm of faith and appropriate the faith of God like never before. And there's going to be manifestations of the Spirit of God in the lives of individuals. Not just around our altars. Do you see that? That's deceptive too. I'm talking about in the lives of individuals. This is an active thing that should be alive in every person's heart because you need this, I need this, we need this in our lives when we're at home before we ever get to this altar. This is what the message is all about. Having this understanding so that we can appropriate this when we are in need of help from God. And I believe I could just see it opening up right now that there are those who are going to come into a realm of understanding concerning the walk of faith and love that will do great exploits in their own lives. I'm talking about in their own lives do great exploits in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they'll rise up to a place of spiritual faith and power and they're going to exercise the dominion that God gave them over all the powers of darkness. They're going to get a hold of that old serpent just like Paul did over there when he got bit. And they're going to shake it right off and praise God, be delivered and set free. Just like the apostle Paul was from all the venomous poison of the, of the, of the enemy, the evil one, the wicked one. Whether it's uh, manifesting itself in sickness or disease or that was going to destroy, they're going to learn to shake him off and put him beneath their feet. And you know what? It'll be a small thing, just, just, like, just like Paul shook it off. Well, who's that? I remember Smith Wigglesworth one time uh, being awakened at night with the devil. I mean, oh, ugly manifestation of the, of the well, he's ugly anyhow, you know, at the, at the foot of the bed. And he looked, he was awakened by it, and he saw this terrible, ugly creature at the foot of the bed. And it was the devil himself. He says, it's only you. Went back to sleep. <laughs> Just turned right, pillowed his head on the promise of God and said, it's only you. Went right back to sleep. Or does one get great confidence like that by having a pure heart? You want to see God move, have a pure heart. The Bible says the pure in heart shall what? See God. See God what? See God move in a mighty way in their lives. Amen. The time's coming. In this scripture, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, 17 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation. Unto everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by the anointing. For as it is written, the just shall live by spiritual gifts. Huh? For as it is written, the just shall live by what? Say, I shall live by faith. Say, I am to live by faith. I am a believer. As a believer, I am to live by faith. Not by the anointing. Not by spiritual gifts. But by faith in God's Word. Now, you see, we didn't say that the other two weren't important, did we? But it's not what you live by. And, you know, there was a time in Pentecostalism when people just live by the gifts of the Spirit. They live... Do you know what I mean by that? They had to go to church and wait for something to happen. If something didn't happen, they didn't know how to make it happen by faith. Do, do you see that? If it didn't happen in church, then it's, then it's not going to happen because they didn't know how to make it happen by faith. But the Bible never says anywhere that we're to live by anointings or manifestations of the Spirit. We are to live by faith. 
And you see, we don't belittle any of that, but I'm, they just did what they knew to do. But praise God, we should be open to further revelation, should we not? We should be open to further revelation. You know, and, and, and let the entrance of His Word give us more light. Well, here we see then that if the just are to live by faith, then understanding how to operate in faith is essential to what? Christian living. If the just are to live by faith, then having an accurate understanding of the walk of faith is essential to Christian living. And so what we are going to do is to look at this first method or first way that we are to, to expect to maintain bodily healing and health within our lives called the way of faith and just begin to take our time in these Sunday night services while we're also providing the anointing and also the atmosphere for the gifts of the Spirit, you know, to manifest. To look into God's holy word to see what it says about the subject of faith until we get an accurate understanding of faith and how it works in our lives. Because you see, my brother and sister, I believe we've come out from a wave of darkness that's hovered over the church for many months. A wave like a cloud of darkness that has hovered over the body of Christ for the purpose of preventing them from having the accurate understanding and the knowledge of how faith really works. For there have been many, many, many great teachers who taught things that are great and things that are good but didn't understand the depths of, of the things of faith, didn't understand the application of it and consequently they've had great tragedy within their own lives and, and devastating things have taken place because of putting themselves up in, in a front where they can be attacked by the enemy. And many things have happened because of an inaccurate understanding and doing things in arrogance and doing things with a lot of pride and, and looking down upon other people and not being motivated by compassion. Do you know why one great man of God died prematurely at the age of 39 years old when he had a tremendous ministry of healing and miracle working ministry? Because he didn't walk in love. Because he failed to walk in love. Because he, let's put it this way. Because he refused to walk in love. And any person who dare live by faith any person who dare get out of the boat of sense knowledge, any person who dare begin to walk out on the water of God's Word, if you don't walk in love, if you don't commit yourself to agape love, if you don't allow love to motivate your heart and your very life, if you don't allow it to become the very life of your heart, you might as well forget living in faith or by faith. And you see, many didn't do that. They just presented it in, in all kinds of arrogance and and said all kinds of things to belittle other people instead of meeting people where they're at at their level of faith and, and help them rise up to a higher you know, level of faith. And consequently, see, God doesn't, God doesn't really, He doesn't favor that at all. He wants people to grow and to develop in these things and walk in the fullness of them. And that's why we should allow love to motivate us and to direct us and to guide us to be the energizing force of our faith. You've heard about the energizer, haven't you? Huh? Oh, that's what love is. See, love will energize your faith. It'll make it last long. It'll make it tremendously effective. It'll make it do great exploits for God. It will make it successful. You see, in bringing not only your deliverance, but also assistance to other people. So, see, beloved, I believe that this, the cloud has been removed. And I believe that eyes are being opened. I'm talking about the eyes of our understanding. Spiritual eyes are being opened. People are going to understand how to live by faith, how to walk by it, how to appropriate it miraculously within their lives. Amen. So we're going to look at some things, and we'll just share what they are, and then we'll close. First of all, we're going to look at how faith comes. How faith comes. Basically for healing. Because, you see, this is what our subject you know, is divine healing and we're going to look at what the word says about how faith comes for healing and if you say well look I understand some of that don't be here with that kind of an attitude have this kind of an attitude I may know some things about that but praise God I'm open to learning more and Father God even though there may be some things repeated that I know I believe that those things will become deeper inside my heart and I'll become more secure in those things and I'll have greater confidence because of what I'm hearing and because of what I'm receiving. But we under, have to understand how faith comes for healing. 
Amen. And we see that's the beginning of our faith. How does faith come for healing? We're also going to study what faith is. And teaching that it's not a product of our intellect. And so many, I don't know how, how accurately many understand this statement. But I've heard it said by some great men of God so many times that you, you kind of wonder when, when is it going to register upon the heart, the human heart. Faith is not a product of the intellect. Faith is a product of the recreated human spirit. Faith is a product of the recreated human spirit. And many, many, many. And once again, this is not a put down. This is not belittling anybody. I'm just warning we all need to be careful as to what we do with our lives. Many educate their heads at the expense of their hearts. And because they educate their heads, they have a lot of facts of knowledge up here. But you see, wisdom is the ability to properly use our perception of knowledge. So it's going to take more than knowledge and facts of knowledge. It's going to take understanding. It's going to take wisdom. Wisdom is our appropriating our perception of knowledge. And faith is a product of the heart, the spirit. And if all we want to do is just to keep on educating our minds and putting all kind of facts in and all kind of facts in and all kind of facts in, all kind of facts in, you see, then we cannot live by mental powers. Man does not live by mental powers, by his mental faculties. Man lives by the Word of God finding its place within that person's heart and becoming alive, a living force within that person sustaining them, maintaining them, and propelling them in life. And so you see, when God's Word finds its lodging within our hearts, if we've got to take one Scripture and meditate that Scripture, a thousand, say it a thousand times to get that Scripture inside our heart, then that's what we have to do. If we've got to isolate ourselves, separate ourselves with that one isolated Scripture from God's Holy Word and keep saying it and 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 meditating it and looking at it from every angle then we have to do that and not get bored with it. See, we're always wanting to get bored. You know, that's just the flesh. Always getting bored with all kinds of things. And, you know, we shouldn't do that. Because, you see, God's Word is always fresh. It's always alive. It's always new. And we should take a hold of those truths from God's Word and let them sink down to our hearts. You say, but I've got so much to learn. Look, how they dressed back then, praise God, that's how they dressed. People have died with sickness and disease who are trying to determine whether it's post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib. Um, beloved, now don't get me wrong, I, I don't belittle that and I thank God they, they're entitled to their opinion, but what's it got to do with the now? What does it have to do with the now? Not, they need to know everything about the book of Revelation and everything about the Old Testament. And what many are just being deluded and deceived by the devil into thinking that they've got to become some kind of theologian. And they'll go to school after school after school, get the Hebrew, get the Greek, get the, and all that. And beloved, there's so much, and we don't belittle education, but let's not, let's not educate our heads at the expense of our hearts. That's reality. It's reality when our heart becomes alive with the life of God and the Word of God becomes a living thing with inside of our spirit, man, and then faith enables us to enjoy all the promises of God, vital contact and communion with Him. That is what is essential. We have a lot of theolog theological facts. We have a lot of theological theories and doctrines and all that in the body of Christ. But what we should be concerned about is how much reality do we have? How intimate are we with the Father? Because I'll tell you something, beloved, right now. You know when your body hurts, you know what you scream out for? Relief. To be alleviated of that suffering and that distress, don't you? You know what? Do you know what I find? And, I, and I'm saying this just by, just by personal observation and experience with even, even men of God in the ministry, people in the ministry, where they've been under such guilt and condemnation because they think, as a pastor, I'm expected to know everything from A to Z. You know, it doesn't embarrass me at all to say I don't know. But I'm telling you something, what I do know is important. I mean that. And what you should know should be, should be that what's important too. Because when you're hurting, it doesn't matter when the rapture is going to take place. 
What matters is can you contact God in your time of need? And if you can't, you're in trouble. Can you say amen? And that's a fact. As a matter of fact, I'm thinking of this dear brother right now. And as much as I couldn't get two words in edgewise. Not two words in edgewise. And that fellow died. Still not knowing whether it was post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib. He died in that state. What are we saying? It's just that we can get so consumed with wrong desires. The enemy can get us so deluded that we think we have to know, have to know every color, the horses, and have to know everything about the book of Revelation. And my goodness, I've seen even scholars confused. You kind of wonder why there's so much confusion. I don't know why we're getting off on this, but let me tell you this. You know why there's so much confusion? Because God only gave us the light He wants us to have about it. It's not for our dispensation. It only takes us so far. And when it happens, you know what? i got the best advice to give to anybody about the book of Revelation, about the rapture of the church. Be ready. Is that good counsel? Lift up your eyes, for your redemption draweth nigh. Be ready. That way, if it's post, pre, mid, we're out of here. <laughs> Can you say amen? Praise God. Glory to God. So I don't let that bother me. I said I don't let that bother me. I like to keep my heart in communion with God. Did you hear that? I'd rather keep my heart in communion with God so my faith can work. Hallelujah. And my needs can be met. Amen. Okay, we have to also uh, discover some other things. What it means to believe in the heart. I've been wanting to teach this for such a long time. What does it mean to believe from the heart? Because so many are confused between the difference between the spirit of man and the soul of man. And you see, it's the spirit of man that believes. The head will give us much trouble. But it's the spirit of man that believes. It's with the heart that man believeth unto righteousness and with the spirit man Confession is made into salvation. And so we have to understand what it means to believe from the heart. Because if we are supposedly acting upon the Word of God and using mental powers. Do you understand this? Mental powers. Well, that mental power is not enough to combat spiritual battles. It has to be here. Now, we gird up the loins of our mind. We prepare our mental faculties to take a proper course of action. But the force... Protect thy heart with all diligence because out of it come the what? Flow the what? The issues of life. But the force of faith and love come out of the heart. And if I think I'm going to battle the enemy with intellect, I'm going to find myself in a, in, in a place of disadvantage because, you see, my intellect is not enough. My emotional faculties, my mental powers are not enough to overcome spiritual powers. I've got to use spiritual power to overcome that which is of the Spirit. Spiritual warfare, it's called. And so, you see, we need to learn how to believe from our heart. And I believe that if we'll just say, well, look, I don't need to know that knowledge. I need to have, what, what value does that knowledge have to me in life? What does it matter to me what they wore? What does it matter, does it matter to me what Noah's uh, ark was built out of? What matters to me is, Christ hath redeemed me from the curse of the law. What has my Savior done for me? What did He do for me on that tree? What is mine? What is my inheritance? Who am I in Christ? How can I appropriate that which belongs unto me? How can I rise up to a place that I could be meet for the Master's use, prepared a vessel of honor unto God, so that He can fulfill His plan right here in the now, in and through my life? Praise God. And do in me that good pleasure of His will in providing all that He has done for me, making it a vital reality within my life. You see what I'm saying? That's why He died. To give us abundant life. Praise God. And that's what we should want to be involved in. We need to understand how to use our faith. We need to understand what produces the highest type of faith. And we'll talk about some of that. We need to understand things that hinder our faith. The place that confession holds in faith. Understand how to use actions that properly correspond with faith. How to train or develop our recreated human spirit. We need to understand how the law of faith works. We need to understand how the prayer of faith works. So number one, when it comes to 
walking in healing and health or being delivered and set free or even helping other people to be healed and, and maintain their, their bodily health and deliverance, we need to get in line with the program of God's Word, become more accurate in our understanding of faith and appropriation of faith so that our faith can work by love to fulfill what is the plan, purpose, and the will of God in providing healing for our physical bodies and also enabling us to be more effective in bringing healing unto a lost and dying and a hurting world. I've told you how many times about this one woman, and I just, you know, there are many others, but this one in particular, when this woman for 15 years... Fifteen years, mind you, prayed to get healed from this arthritis that was preventing her from playing that piano. And I just gave her the prayer of faith and the word of faith, told her how it worked, gave her the revelation of the knowledge of the truth and made her free. She got a hold of it, went like a light bulb off inside her spirit, and she got a hold of her confession of faith, her words of faith, and she spoke out those words of faith, and she was instantaneously healed overnight and able to play free from pain in a beautiful way for God. And what did it? Just the word. You say, but what if that wouldn't happen to her? Do you know what attitude we should have if, it, if that didn't happen to her like that? I'd also teach her about the anointing and teach her about the manifestations of the Spirit and say these are the three ways. Now listen. Then you go to the next one and tell them. Then you go to the next one and tell them. You know why? Because it's just like salvation. It's just like, there are some that will get it just like this, like right now. You ever preach somebody got, you, you preach salvation to them and they got saved just like that? Have you, have you done that? Well, you see, the same thing is true here with... Well, if you preach to those that, that don't understand it, they don't, and you've got to work with them maybe for months. You ever been there? You're just preaching to somebody, tell them it over and over and over, and they don't understand it properly, don't understand it properly. Well, you know, those kind of interference comes, interferences come when you start preaching to people about divine healing. Does it mean that they are of a lesser uh, status with God? Does it mean that they are, are you know, are, 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 we're better than them and they're, they're worse than we are? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that Perception hasn't come yet. Understanding and perception, you see, that's what it is. It hasn't come yet. And it may take longer to get that truth inside that person's heart. And so what you do is you continue to feed them the Word. Continue to feed them the Word. But this one over here, they may get it just like that. So you see, and you keep going on. And in love, you keep revealing these truths. Yeah, there'll be those that reject it and that sort of thing also. But that's not going to stop us from doing it, is it? We're going to still do it. Let's all stand before the Lord. Praise God. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.